Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. I always say self-love combats self-criticism. When you are operating in such love and compassion for your heart, it's really hard to come with criticism and shame. It's hard to sit in both of those at the same time. And your boy, JJ. And one thing you should know is that you only get the pleasure of hearing JJ's voice today for the next few minutes, because sadly, when we recorded today's episode with Courtney, JJ was under the weather. <laughs> Are you saying it's a good thing that they can only hear my voice? No, in the I'm intro saying it's only? sad. Oh, okay. Because they're going to miss you. I mean, depending on the person, I think some people are going to be like, wow, finally. Uh, <laughs> He's not you know, there. The guy who's always talking <laughs> is not. No, they're going to miss you. But today's episode with Courtney is really good. Are you excited to listen to it? <laughs> I'm actually excited to listen to it. Yeah. Even though I'm not single, I actually think it's always helpful. For me, as a non-single or for a single listening, sometimes just because a message is not always relevant to you doesn't mean there's nothing you can gain from it. Yeah, totally. I agree. Right. I think married people should listen to this episode and understand how and and like if you have somebody in your family that's single to better learn how to come alongside singles, especially in seasons like the holidays where it could just feel a little bit harder to be single. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and for me, as I have friends who are older and single, Mm -hmm. it's really helpful to listen to another perspective that kind of talks about that experience so that when I see them at church, I know they're 38, 39 single. It's just another year that has gone by. I am better equipped to serve them, love them, and encourage them. Yeah. We were reading, what was it, uh, Ephesians 5 today? Mm -hmm. And it was building each other up according to their individual need. Yeah. Which is super important because your individual need and how you're built up and encouraged is going to be different from mine. Yeah, totally. And a 39-year-old single or widower or divorcee, their individual needs going to look like different than my 22 year old cousin, right? Yeah. Who's got his whole life quote in front of him. Totally. Well, one thing we want y'all to know is that we have big news. We just hit 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. And so if you are watching us on YouTube, hey, YouTube fam, we love you. Uh, if you aren't already subscribed, will you subscribe to our channel? Will you like this video? We are now those people that are saying those things, but we are actively trying to grow this channel. And if you're just listening to this, not on YouTube, would you hop over to YouTube, subscribe, like this current episode? It would mean a lot. We have so many things popping off on there. Shorts, mini videos, just so many different things. And now we have playlists with all different kinds of themes. You can learn about everything from red flags to how we met to um, relationship 101 to dating 101. So all sorts of features. I will say, I love how you can search and find older videos that are more popular. 
we have like how many episodes now? 300? Yes. And on YouTube, we don't have all of those features. Right. But, but it is so much easier to kind of sort through if yeah. you're a new time listener. Totally. Um, another few announcements, you guys, is actually tonight we have our Patreon meetup with our Patreon fam. We do that once a month. It's a time where we can hang out. We get to know each other. We do Q&As. We do fun games. And so if you don't know what Patreon is, it's just a way for you guys to be able to support what we do here on YouTube and the podcast. And you know, especially because we're trying to do more and more for y'all. So it really means a lot when you guys join and support us on Patreon and you can do that for as low as $5 a month. Where do they go, babe? They go to patreon.com slash heart of dating. That's right. Yeah, I remembered. Is there anything else happening? I would actually just say, though, if you guys need a fun icebreaker and activity for your small mm. groups or Christmas parties. What? What did we do last time? What did we do? We did. Oh, yeah. At our Patreon hang. Yeah. Yeah. We did two minute TED Talks. <gasps> that was so fun. If you guys are on a date or in any kind of group setting, go around in a circle and make everyone give a two minute presentation on something off the top of their head. That was so fun. Right. Like, what expertise. I did why Paris is not um, overrated. Why Paris is not overrated. And we need to stop complaining about Parisian. I know. We had like an industrial engineer in there. We had an anesthesiologist in there. Like, it's just really fun to just to hear what someone is an expert at. Totally. Like, I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't really think of anything big coming down. Mm. <laughs> yes, you can. Let's go. Heart of Dating Conference 2023. It's crunch time. We are in December. We got big announcements <laughs> Almost dropping. Almost in December. <laughs> Almost. Almost. And we have big announcements dropping every single week yeah. leading up to conference. This one is what? We are announcing our official Nashville church partner, which is the new and upcoming church, Way Church, headed by Noah and Maddie Heron. We're so excited to be partnering with them because they are incredible leaders. Their church just started up this past September, and actually one of our team members has been going and loving it, and they are a church that's also really passionate about young adults and singles, um, and one of our hearts, too, here at Heart of Dating is partnering with local churches that are new and growing and that also have a heart for singles ministry. So we can't wait to partner with them in Nashville. Yeah. They're, they are a small church operating like a small church. Yeah. I love when I find big churches that operate in small groups and small church, mm -hmm. but this is a small church. So if you're in the Nashville area and you're looking, or if you have a friend in the Nashville area, the yeah. way church Nashville could not recommend it enough. We have a huge announcement coming next week. Hey. And then we have another big announcement coming the week after that. I know we got, we got all these things, but come join us December 29th and 30th uh, in Nashville or online. If you're online, you do get access to all the content for three months and you get your own singles party. So don't don't miss out on the online just because you're not there in person. Our online experience is truly awesome. And you can go to hodcnash.com to get your tickets. The, the millennial way to say that or Gen Z would be don't sleep on online. Oh, don't sleep. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> Don't me. sleep. Uh, no, hey, I can't wait. I can't wait for the episode today. Personally, I love, even if this does not apply to you, it's still a great opportunity for you yeah. to get to explore what it's like yeah. to speak into someone's life mm. who might be struggling with this. So without further ado, our episode with Courtney. Let's go. All right. 
right, you guys, we have my girl, Courtney Leo, in the house. What's up, my friend? Hi, friend. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Me too. I feel like this is going to be just a, since we already know each other, I feel like mm-hmm. this chat is like a chat versus like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm interviewing someone I've never spoken to before. And so I yeah. love those interviews where it's like friendly and I'm like, Hey, we're just sitting down and having a raw, honest dialogue because we genuinely know each other. Yeah. And those are my favorite. Also, for those of you guys that notice, sadly, JJ is not here. Um, he's not feeling well. This, this, you know, Thanksgiving travel got to him. So <laughs> poor JJ. Poor JJ. So guys, <laughs> yeah, we, we do miss you. Um, but do Dudes, this conversation is still for you today, um, though it will be just the girls chatting, okay? But it still applies to all the guys as well. Yeah. Um, well, Courtney, before we dive in, I want people to know about you and all the amazing things you have going on. And I know, for one thing, you have a really awesome Christmas singles event yeah. happening very soon, or holiday singles event, happening on December 4th and 5th, yes. which I happen to be a part of. I so, know. <laughs> can you tell them about that and who you are? <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. So we're hosting an event called Tis the Single Season. And the whole heart behind it, and, and you'll understand a little bit more as I like share more of my story, but the heart behind it is to encourage singles that they are heard and seen and really just embraced in this holiday season. And so it really comes out of some of my story um, up around this season, but um, details about it before I get into that details, yes. like you said, it is is December 4th and 5th. It is virtual, um, online, and it is going to be a place like if you are single and if you are saying, Hey, I would love to do something fun. I would love to be in a place where I know that like, I'm not alone. What I find so often as singles is we, um, feel like the only person who's experiencing what we're experiencing in our isolated communities, but the opportunity for us to get together and like look around a Zoom room and go, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one feeling this way is really, really powerful. And so we have some incredible speakers who are coming. Kate is one of them, um, but we also have Barb Hill, who is a friend and a therapist. Um, we are throwing an after party with my girl, Elise Murphy is going hey. to- um, I'm so excited. I know she's been on Heart of Dating as well. Um, and so she's going to be a part of that. And we've got a couple other surprises, some more coaches that are going to be a part of it. And so it's really going to be a time where you get to like, it's community based. So like you'll get to meet other people, but also you'll really get poured into, um, there's people who are doing practical talks. There are also like, I have one of my pastor friends, Holly Joe, who's coming and just really going to speak from such a pastor shepherding heart. So I'm really, really excited. Um, you can go to, um, the website. I'm sure the link will be in here, but, um, courtneylio.com slash HOD. And, um, we've got a discount for everyone here on the podcast. As well. Yeah, we do. It's, Hod Pod 50. Okay. So it's H O D Pod 50. Okay. Hod Pod 50. And yes. you get 50% off. Let's yes. go. Yeah. So um, we hope you guys join us. It's going to be such a fun and encouraging event, especially to start off December. Mm-hmm. So December 4th and 5th. And you guys know Elise. She's my girl. She's also the host of Heart of Dating Conference for the second year in the row. Yes. Um, happening at the end of December. So you guys, you know, she's it's just a, be a hoot. full month. 
Um, we're going to be hanging a lot. It's going to be it's going to be so fun. I'm so pumped about it. Yes. Um, and then outside of that, tell them your heart for singles because oh my gosh, yeah. and Courtney, it's so cool. Just like the way we met through mm-hmm. book club through thank you for rejecting me book club, which feels like a million years ago, and just everything since then and seeing you grow and yeah. develop this passion more and more and more for singles and coaching. So yeah, tell them what you do a little bit. Yeah. So um, I live in. East Tennessee. I am 31 and single, single as a Pringle. Um, and so, which I said single as a Pringle once and someone was like, Pringles aren't really single. So that's actually a really bad analogy. You always have <laughs> Pringles together. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but anyways, I, my heart, my passion, uh, really just for, for life in general is to encourage people to live authentically in alignment with who God's designed them to be. And I have just this huge heart for single specifically. Um, it's especially those of us who have navigated different church environments and have felt like we are on the JV squad. We felt like, oh, it's just one day this will happen. One day that will happen. One day I will do and I will be able to chase these dreams. And what I find is, you know, when I was in my 20s, I just felt like as I I was finding myself like not married and not really comfortable with dating, I was like, okay, like I'm just a little bit delayed in this process. Like it's okay. I went through a quarter life crisis. That's fine. Whatever. And then as I got closer to 30, it was, oh, all of a sudden I am kind of like knocking on the door of like, this is a significant season of my life. And so over the last three or four years, I feel like the Lord has kind of walked me through this journey in addition to a bunch of other people who've helped me of reworking some of these mindsets around singleness, realizing that singleness is not a pre-season it is a season of life. And so how am I going to live that fully? And so my heart for singles is that we would be able to hold that tension of, I would love marriage and kids one day. That would be amazing. That's a dream that I have. But sometimes we hold on to that so, so tightly that we actually create this like idolization of marriage and we don't allow ourselves to be free and, and thriving presently to where we are at. And so I navigate this conversation with singles of how do we hold both? How do we be present where God has asked us to be right now? How do we heal through our stories? How do we pursue purpose? And how do we step into abundance for where we're at right now? Not in spite of our singleness, but because that is the place that we are are right now. And so the ways that I navigate that, the ways that I do that, I I have a podcast where we are, it's called Grace for the Growth, and we are holding stories of understanding that our journey is, is not just all sunshine and bubbles. Like sometimes it's really honest and raw and real. Um, so we do that there. And then also I, I coach single, single women specifically on what it would look like for you to step into full abundance in your singleness. And so part of my story, like it leads me to that point of just, um, not uh, one, <laughs> I was afraid of dating. We've talked about this. I just was like afraid of dating. Um, my growing up in purity culture made lead me to like this. I, I just don't know what to do. And I don't trust myself. I can't trust myself and like scandals all over the place. Like this is just going to be so bad. And so I just was afraid of dating and you and I crossed paths like oh, over three years ago 
in just how does how do we talk about this? How do we navigate this conversation? Not to diminish the value of dating, but mm-hmm. actually to not be fearful of it. Yeah. And then also not put so much pressure on it that we feel like it's all on us. What would it mm-hmm. look like for us to trust the Lord with our dating and our marriage seasons and to really partner with him in that? And so there's a so much that has happened in the last four years in my life, but yeah. I just have found so much freedom in my story in being who I am, not settling for a relationship, not settling for somebody who I could marry just because I right. want marriage so badly, but actually building a full single life that I love. So when I meet somebody, they will only enhance that single yes. life that I love rather than complete that single life that I love. So good, girl. So good. And I love just having a front row seat in some ways to so like even that growth in your life the last three years has just been the coolest, most beautiful thing. And so I'm so happy that you're doing this now and encouraging people. And I knew you had such a voice for this the day I saw, well, I, I think I knew it before this, but the, especially the day I saw you at um, HODC 2022 in Orlando, you were in our five by seven and you were up there. And I was like, dude, this girl has a voice for people. And it's so powerful and especially for singles. So just so excited and happy that you're doing this. Um, so today we're obviously in the holiday season where you're, people are just coming out of Thanksgiving. There's probably some feels there, whether you had an amazing Thanksgiving time or whether it was not what you expected or whether it was what you were expecting, which wasn't that great. Um, And so, you know, I'll be honest for me, every single Thanksgiving or holiday is usually a toss up. It's like a flip of a coin. Is this going to go well or is it not? Because I just frankly have some complications with some of my family and it just, you just never know. And so, you know, whatever you're feeling today, we're now moving into the season of all the holiday stuff. Every Hallmark movie just came out. Christmas is a few weeks away. And, you know, there are a lot of family interactions and people interactions and people just can't help right now, but bring up dating and your singleness. Like, it's almost like, Oh, you're single. Oh, and they like think about it extra and and or they just like remember it and need seemingly need to bring it up like it's like this thing that they must solve for you and must get you out of or something. And so today we're talking about or ignore it and pretend like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) True. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, no, I can't even talk about it. No, because that's awkward. Um, So we're going to be focusing in on single shaming, which just to like kind of define that is like where people unintentionally maybe either ask you things or do things that kind of make it that your singleness is not a season that is beautiful and wonderful and full, but rather a waiting period to get to that next thing, like the preseason, as you were saying. And people, I I really believe that some people don't have bad intentions when they say certain things or do certain things, but there are just the reality that man, you don't sometimes realize what you're doing with some of the comments that you're saying or some of the things you're doing, even if it's coming from a good intention. Um, So I want to first start off with talking about, you know, people, you know, around Thanksgiving or Christmas being like, so who are you dating? Like, it's like the biggest thing right now. This is the Super Bowl of dating in many ways. Everyone is cuffing season. They're like, 
it's time. So you people are just if they're not single, they're like, well, who are you dating? I want to know who you're dating. Um, Courtney, how have you dealt with that? Or how has that made you feel, etc? Yeah, well, it's real. So I feel a couple things. One, um, sometimes it comes from a place of the, a look at my life as like a re- reality TV show. Like, Oh, like <laughs> yes. I am married. Like what's the, what's the drama? What's, what's the, the scene? Tea? <laughs> what's yeah. the tea? And I'm like, okay. But the other thing that I find that actually is more painful for me is family members that I don't connect with often. So like mm. extended family, me- like family members I see once in a blue moon. And right. that is like, they're trying to small talk and their small talk is so who are you dating? Or I know this one guy from this one place I met this one time. He's single. You're single. You know, ha- do, oh you, do you want me to like, I I don't really know him, but do you want me to like set you guys up? And I'm like, okay, like that's the only thing we can talk about as if there's not other things happening in my life. And so I feel in that situation, that is, that is painful because it feels like it's a it's like an identity badge, like it's a badge that I'm wearing of I'm single. And that's pretty much the only thing about me because <laughs> that is like the identifying thing. Like, oh, that's Courtney. Like she is the single cousin. She is the single sibling, like whatever. And it's like, okay, I wonder if things have changed for Courtney. I wonder if this is the year that things were different for her. I haven't talked to her. Maybe she's dating someone behind the scenes. Like, and so as if I, you're not doing all these other things in your life already outside correct. of just dating. <laughs> correct. And I want to be like, you know what I am doing? I talk about a lot of things on social media and Facebook. Like if you're a Facebook only person, you know, Facebook only family member, I post a lot of things on Facebook that I'm doing other than dating. Um, so anyway, so I feel like that, uh, yes, it hurts. It hurts. And not so much because, oh, like I am single, but it hurts because it's like, that's, that's the only thing we have common ground on. And we don't even have common ground because you're not experiencing that. And so it almost feels like, is this like a, is this like a fab for you? Like, is this like such a, oh my gosh, like how I don't even know, like this fascination too, like. I don't even know how you're doing this, how you're navigating this, you know? And I'm like, there's so many other things we can be talking about right now. Also, this is super vulnerable. Why would somebody that I hardly see throughout the year, hardly talk to throughout the year, why would I open up about one of the most vulnerable and painful places of my life right now? You know? I know. It's like, I'm thinking about the times over Thanksgiving or Christmas where people are like, so Kate, are you dating? I'm like, I literally see you once a year. (laughs) Thinking in my head, I see you once a year. I might be talking to this guy casually don't know where I'm at with him. Yeah. Am I why am I going to tell you about that? Like yeah. it's and also with all the stuff we teach here on Heart of Dating like it's not wise to just come out in the early stages of dating and right. be like to your random family members or random people that you don't really know that well and tell them all these details about somebody that you're not even sure about yet. <laughs> So like, how about not? Like, I just remember those moments and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Dating is fine, you know, and it's just so vague. But I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. I don't have to. And that's one thing. I don't think we have to feel the pressure to tell them all the details, right? Because I've made also that mistake of not doing that in the past and then like opening up about this random guy. And then I'm like, what? And now they're giving me advice and I didn't even want their advice. So why did I even tell them about this in the first place? 
Exactly. And like you said at the beginning of this question, like, I think people mean well. I don't take it as any ill will or somebody's trying to, like, purposely, like, pour salt in a wound or something like that. I don't feel like people take it ill will. I just feel like there is a lot of, there's a lot of just not like a lack of empathy of, of what that looks like. And so for me, practically it, it is one like embracing the sting of it. I'm one to be like, okay, great. Yeah. That was not fun. Like my body reacted a certain way. Like let's acknowledge that that was not fun. But then it's also reminding myself that, okay, this isn't somebody who is truly like doing life with me. This isn't somebody who like, it's trying to reframe the mindset. It doesn't make it any less painful, but trying to reframe the mindset of this person is trying to be genuinely interested in me and is just grasping for content is trying to grasp for something that they connect with me with and, and trying to let me know that they care about my life and they just completely miss the mark. And so it's, it's an ignorance bit, but what can I do to acknowledge the grief? Sometimes I feel like I need to say something, but also sometimes it's, it obviously depends on the situation. So I don't think there's a one size fits all to this. Sometimes I feel like I need to say something like as far as like addressing Hey, this is how this feels. Um, or right. diverting the conversation, right? Tell me about your kid. Um, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but then other times it's like, okay, how can I walk away from that situation and go, you know, they probably they probably didn't mean to, you know, stab me with a dagger. They probably just meant to just want to talk Try to, to me. Try to connect. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, I don't really know. And to your point too, it could be coming from a married person who is very lonely in their marriage or very mm-hmm. like nothing's really that exciting. And they are like, tell me about what your life is like. Cause mine yeah. is boring, like it yeah. underneath it. And they may be in pain and hurting. And so ask you that question may also come from like hurt on their end, not almost in a weird sense of almost jealousy that you have these opportunities that they don't because they're in a life that they don't really love, you know? And so there's so much nuance to it um, that it, it's a really tough place. I know, you know, I think we, you already touched on this, but I want to touch on this as well, because what often happens too is not only just the question or asking you about your dating life, um, yada, yada, but it's also like, oh, you're still single. I have this random person that I can set you up with, you know? And like, that's the other piece where I'm like, okay, that this is going to another point in time where, or another place of like, did I ask you for a setup? <laughs> because right. like, right. and, and I think within that, it's like this, whatever I, that happened to me, unless I told them I'm actively dating and I'm open to setups right now. So please let me know. Otherwise, it can't, like, let me tell a quick story. My mom over uh, Thanksgiving one year, I went with her. She lived in this small, she still lives in the small town in Texas. She takes me out to this Mexican restaurant. And at the end of the night, she, um, she just keeps talking about how I need to meet a small town, Texas guy and just be in move to Texas. And I'm literally like laughing, but also like, stop, you know, <laughs> at the same time. So then she asked the waiter, Oh, so where do y'all hang out around here on a Friday night? And he's like, well, ma'am, you know, usually on a Friday night, we, we go over to Applebee's and we just hang out there and it's so much fun. And I was literally like, my mom's like, great, we're going to go to Applebee's and find you a man. And I was like, mom, no, we're not. I am not going to Applebee's in the small town, Texas and going to find my man at this Applebee's. I'm just not, I'm just, I don't, I don't even want to like stop, like, you know, but it's that idea that, um, 
I know she didn't have a bad intention, but at some point I had to put up a boundary to be like, Hey, um, please stop setting, trying to set me up with every young single country man that you meet in this town because also she would like ask people at restaurants oh are you single oh my daughter's single too and i'm like no stop this like i don't even know this guy yeah yeah well yeah i think that i think for both situations whether somebody is bringing up like the are you dating conversation or it's un unsolicited setups i think it's an opportunity for you to communicate uh, lovingly boundaries even if it's with somebody that you don't have like daily like life relationships with like what would it look like for you to come with love and say hey i i appreciate so much that you care about my dating life to be honest it's something that i don't really like want to open up about something that's super raw and real for me and i'm excited for one day when I get to to share more about it. But right now in the middle and the in-between, it's not something I want to talk about. So can we can we connect on something else, right? Or for the setups, like I thank you so much for being intentional um about about my life and like wanting to be involved in those kind of things. Um for me, I that's just something that I don't necessarily feel comfortable with and something that, um, when I want a setup intentionally, like I will, I will come and ask you for that. Um, but I, I appreciate like being able to say, like, I appreciate your intention. I see your intention, but no thanks. Like at the same time, like it's a boundary conversation. Totally. And what you're saying to underneath that is leading with a generous assumption. Um, I did make a mistake of this being married and I did this before I was married, but like because of being a dating coach and being in the world of singles and knowing all these different singles, like I can't help sometimes but be like, hmm, who would be a good match for this person? Because I literally do know tons and tons and tons of singles. It's not just like, oh, one off. I know one random single. You should date them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I had a friend and me and JJ were like, you know, we should really, you are so incredible. We'd really love to set you up with someone. And, you know, we're, we're coming with a genuine heart. We love this person. And she just did not respond well. And she was like, I hate when people ask to set me up. Like, I just, I don't want that. And, and just no. And I was like, Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, because she had more of a reaction because it's not just us. Like everybody asks to set her up because of her age and because of just they they think she's so wonderful. And so I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So next time we have to go about it in a different way. But I think, I think instead of responding with a reaction, which it can feel like almost it it can feel sometimes tough. Like you almost want to like, Oh, stop doing that. But I think if we can lead with a generous assumption and say, you know, this person cares about me, that's probably why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, I can, I can say that I think they have good intentions and here's my boundary, just like yeah. those examples you gave mm-hmm. where it gives it more opportunity to like love them and understand they love you. But also put it in your boundary, which again, I always say this, but boundaries are not about love. You can still love that person, care about them and say like, hey, yeah, I'm not going to entertain this or this doesn't feel good to me. So, um, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have the right to step into safe spaces and you have Mm -hmm. the right to, to not engage in spaces that don't feel safe. And so if you feel like that's a conversation that doesn't 
that doesn't feel right, then, then you can come at it. And, and so what the, the invitation here, the skill is, is how do we, I'm not going to sit here and say like every person in the world is coming with good intentions, right? Like let's, (laughs) let's not come that way. But especially around this time, I'm assuming the people we're talking about are people that like we spend the holidays with people that were connected in some way, shape or form. And so, um, and so honestly, I think there's just, there's just a, a posture that we can take of that generous assumption. But what that also invites us into is this, okay, how do I receive this in, intention? How do I respond? Right? Because it's really easy to react like this example that you gave. It's so easy to react. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of being like, I don't know what to talk about, like, and just kind of shutting it down. But what would it, what would it look like for us to be aware of um, that intention to hear people's intention, but then also be able to say, you know what? <laughs> they didn't mean any harm. I am okay. Like that, that hurt, <laughs> that hurt, but they didn't mean to hurt me. They didn't mean to hurt me. They just didn't know. And so that doesn't mean I have to take it. I have an opportunity to share, Hey, like that, that really didn't feel good. Like, um, I don't have to just like swallow it and move on, which I think sometimes a lot of times we do. You don't have to do that. You can communicate how something felt to you, but you can do it in a way that's not like dagger, dagger, defense, like all of that. You did this or you made, you, you were purposely making me feel this way versus, Hey, like you said this, I know it's, I'm sure it's not your intention, but this is how it felt to me with, especially with where I'm at right now. And that requires a lot of courage and vulnerability to share something like that. But I agree, like we shouldn't just swallow it. We need to have the courage to be able to share that with Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. So another question people ask a lot, um, you know, are you're just so amazing, Courtney. You're just the best. So why are you still single? I just don't get it. Like you're just the best. I don't, I don't get it. Um, how do you wrestle with this question? Which I want to also caveat that I've also had this question said not in a positive way, <laughs> but I'll, I'll maybe speak to that in a moment. But usually when people say this, they're like, trying to compliment you, you know, Mm -hmm. they're also like, you're so amazing. Why are you still single? (laughs) Yeah. Literally happened to me earlier this week. It happened like just people, again, goodness of their heart. Like people are, are trying to really come from a place of love. And I, and I honor that and I'm, I'm grateful for that. How do, so I usually, it depends on the situation, depends on who's asking me. Um, I just sometimes default to humor, not to like this, throw it off and like not acknowledge it. But, um, that's like usually like my first response. Cause that's very much my personality yes, too. Yes. So, you know, Courtney, why are you still single? And I would be like, I don't know. Ask the guys out there. Like, you know, and just like kind of make something funny. But then usually I'm like, no, but seriously. And, And then I get to say, you know, kind of like what I said at the top of this, it's an opportunity for me to say, you know, I've really, I've really created this life that I love and that I'm really proud of. And for me, um, I, I want to be with somebody and I want to say yes to somebody that enhances that single life that I already have. I don't want to just say yes to somebody just because I want companionship. Like I want partnership and I'm waiting for partnership. And so it's actually an opportunity for me to, um, acknowledge that, or, or have a conversation that I'm, I am more than my relationship status. And just because I am single does not mean I am 
uh, unhappy. <laughs> like it is not, it is not totally a, a cross. Now, does it mean that, um, there is seasons of loneliness? Absolutely. Like it definitely, there is definitely seasons of loneliness and this time of year is very difficult. Not going to lie whatsoever. Like I'll be honest about it, but why are you still single? Um, is an actually an opportunity. I don't want to say like for me to educate somebody because that feels like so formal, but it's an opportunity for me to let people in on to the growth and the healing that, that I have found. And to say, you know, for me, like I am not going to choose just companionship or just somebody to embrace holiday traditions with and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm actually really looking for somebody who's going to partner with me and, and, and do that life with me. And so, and, and it helps me when I say that because, um, it, it's not about what I am lacking, right? So when people Mm -hmm. say, why are you still single? It's easy to hear that, that question and go, okay, like, well, what am I lacking? Why am I still single? Yeah. And, and honestly, in order to be able to have those kind of conversations and responses of this is a single life I love, we actually have to do the work and say, wait, wait, is my singleness because of something that I'm lacking or am I living this fully abundant single life? And so I think there's this, it's kind of this like twofold that I, I I used to like hate that question. I'd be like, why am I still single? And be like, I don't know, ask Jesus, like, and just kind of be like, kind of mad about it. Like ask Jesus or like, you know, because I'm just mad and like guys suck and like, whatever. There's a really unhealthy approach to it. But now I can truly say, Hey, I have this single life that I love and I'm not going to settle for just companionship or just saying yes to somebody just because I don't want to be alone anymore. I want to be with somebody who's going to enhance this beautiful life that I have. And people are like, oh, cool. So you're not the problem. And I'm like, yeah, it's just timing. Like, right. And so it's an opportunity to share with people about the growth and the work that you've done. And if you haven't done that work yet, it's a great mirror exercise to realize, okay, how do you respond in that? Like, how do you view that question when you ask yourself. And that might be something, if you have a hard time responding to that, that might be an opportunity for you to wrestle with the Lord about that, for you to dive in deep, for you to connect with people, connect with resources, connect with coaches of saying, Hey, I, I'm actually not good with my answer of Mm. why am I still single? That's actually not a fun thing for me to, to walk through. Um, so yeah, there's just some thoughts that I have around that question. It's so good. I love the challenging ourselves for sometimes our response to that question has more to do with how we see that question than even like how the other person sees that question. Because if we feel like we're insignificant or unworthy or these lies that about ourselves, then that question why you're so single brings up all those things of like, yeah, I don't know. God sucks or I suck or um, the world sucks. Men suck. Like it's like a victim mentality or a wrestling with God or self-hatred that can come out with that question and, and why it's so important to wrestle with it and come back to what you were, your purpose, even in the beginning and what my heart is for so many singles, which is to really see this time as not a just waiting period to get your future spouse, and but rather a beautiful purpose time. Um, yesterday, I was hanging out with Tara Lee Cobble in Dallas. Love her. Mm-hmm. And 
she's still single and we were just talking through and she's like the theology queen. Like she knows so much. It's amazing. But she's like, you know, the old Testament is focused a lot on marriage, but in the new Testament, it's actually not overly focused on marriage. And Mm -hmm. randomly marriage isn't mentioned that many times, especially like in the new Testament and not that marriage is not important, but it's just that, especially when we see Jesus, um, he's more interested in making disciples of nations than he is getting every everybody boot up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he loves marriage, but he is like, Hey, the main focus is to live for Jesus a thousand percent. And the only reason you really should get married is if you can do that together in a greater way. Otherwise really don't get married. Like <laughs> just keep living for Jesus. And, um, it was just amazing coming from her as a single woman who's older and single and has wrestled through so many things. Who's like, Hey, like I'm building so much with the Bible recap, with all these things I'm doing. And I really like do not have space to bring in a man in my life that isn't going to be literally coming alongside me. And we're together doing more for the kingdom because I'm doing so much for the Lord right now that there's no point in getting married unless it really does be, it's really a thing that's greater for the kingdom. And so, but it's hard to get to that mentality sometimes. And so I think if we're in the space that maybe you're in, Courtney, after lots of wrestling, that question, maybe it doesn't land as hard because it's like, you know, I just am right now because my life is so filled and I'm running towards Jesus and I'm doing incredible things and I haven't found a person that's on that same pace as I am. And that's okay. I still have hope for that, but it's also okay that I haven't found that yet because I also really love where I'm at and what's going on. And I'll just speak to really briefly one time, um, a family member, um, well, not on my side, but asked me, um, (laughs) so Kate, you're 32 and single. Like, I really want to know why are you single? Like, is there something wrong with you? And that's where there's a negative connotation sometimes with that question of like, is there something wrong with you? And I had worked through this, thank goodness. And I was like, I literally like kind of laughed. I was like, I can't believe I'm being asked this. But I was like, yeah, you better ask me this. Let me tell you why I'm still single. And I came at this person, not in defensiveness, but of like, hey, I have no shame about being single in my age. Plus, I went through so many traumatic, abusive, horrible relationships, and I could have gotten married to a lot of those people, but praise Mm -hmm. God that I didn't. And praise God that that I'm here where I am now in the season of healing and doing something awesome for the kingdom and not married in an abusive relationship that would have completely destroyed any purpose I have for the Lord because I would have been so wrapped up in this toxicity. And, you know, however I answered, he was like, oh, okay. Like just, you know, singleness is not a disease and and rewriting that script, I think overall uh, is so important. Yeah. I think practically too, one thing, this conversation comes up all the time Mm. with the women that I coach. And one thing that's come up consistently is if, if the reason why I'm not single is because uh, like I've done something wrong because we have had this narrative told to us over and over and over again that like when you focus on the Lord, like then, you know, then he'll come and it's like, okay, well that creates like a lot of tension and a, and a lot of pain in that. And so I, I uh, just practically like what, what I've heard is, is comments like, 
well, the reason why I'm single must be because there's some hidden sin that I can't uncover. And once I confess that, then maybe he'll, maybe, you know, Mr. Right will show up. Maybe God will give it to him or, or I'm so mad at God, but God, like God is a good God and he gives good gifts. So if I am not receiving the gift of marriage, then there must be something wrong with me. And so the opportunity, the invitation here and, and like the conversations that I have with these women are, okay, what do you believe about the character of God? That's the first thing is like, get in your scripture, get in your word and read about the character of God, how he sees you, how he knows you and how he loves you. Get in scripture about the character of God. And then the second thing is a mindset shift. If we are looking at marriage as a prize, then singleness will always feel like failure. If we look at marriage as an accomplishment, we will always feel like there's something kind of wrong with us. There's something backwards about us. And so what would it look like for us to step into just trusting the Lord with this this season that we're in? Like you said, it's not a preseason. It is a season. And really just thriving in that. And, and like to what you said about your story, I also have dated people who dimmed who God has called me to be, who their presence in my life, because I was choosing companionship over kingdom marriage, because I was choosing, oh, I just don't want to be single. Like I found somebody who said they would date me and be in a committed relationship with me. Amazing. But this relationship is not healthy. This relationship is not pushing me towards purpose. It's actually really harming. And I feel like I need to squeeze into a turtle shell. And I feel like I need to really like hide a little bit (laughs) to hide and, and to mute who I am. And that, that is not kingdom marriage. I don't think that's what God designed. And so that was an opportunity for me to go, no, there's something different here. God wants me to fully flourish in who he's created me to be. And this relationship, while I could continue it, it's actually stifling and stunting who I was yeah. created to be because it's really unhealthy and that's a whole other conversation. And so I think, I think, and to what you're, what you said about Tarly Cobble is that like sometimes you just don't have capacity for it and that's okay mm-hmm. too. Being yeah. too busy because you're doing things for God and you're too busy to date is not a bad thing. Like, yeah, it's not bad. It's not harmful. It's not bad at all. And so especially really, when it's like kingdom things like correct God, when God is like correct. leading you to start a ministry or invest in community or foster or whatever. And you're just like, hey, this just right now, not this it. is not <laughs> my my space or, you know, and she is actively doing things and actively participating in dating, which is awesome. But it's not like it's it's only gonna really be a thing if the person if it if there shows potential that this is gonna be something that could amplify what she's already doing in the kingdom and they're already doing something significant and have vision and purpose um but I really also because we're kind of bringing this up I want to talk about not only the external shaming that happens but more so and dive deeper into that internal shaming. Cause I think this time of year, there is obviously the external forces of maybe different reminders, whether intentionally or not that, Hey, we're single and singleness is not the greatest thing in the world. And we should always desire marriage. And like, if we're not married, we must not be happy. That's kind of like the external worldview in some cases. 
And even sometimes what the church shows us, but then on the flip side, this time of year can also lead to a lot of internal shaming as we rear the end of the year and and realize, okay, first of all, there's all these couples. Um, that's really tough. Second of all, it's almost a close of a whole of 2023. And I'm once, once again, feeling lonely and I am physically not in a relationship and I'm feeling like insecure. Like, what did I do with my life this last year? Um, And so let's talk a little bit about the internal shaming that happens, especially around this time of year when the holidays kick off. Yeah. First of all, if someone's listening and feels that way, like we just, we just hold that with you. We just Mm -hmm. hold that. And it's, it's honest and it's vulnerable for you to acknowledge that and acknowledge Mm -hmm. that sadness. Um, First of all, I, so little, little vulnerability. I have really haven't talked too much about this publicly, but last year's Christmas season was really, really difficult for me. Last year's holiday season, I, I just, it was a combination of a lot of different things, things transitioning. And I felt my singleness screaming at me, um, in such a negative way more than, than anything I'd ever felt. And I, I, I can look back on it with different lens and I can kind of see, okay, there was some stuff I needed to learn, but, but there was this grieving process, um, this grieving of expectations. And one thing that I, has really, really helped me, um, in this internal shaming and not feeling like, oh my gosh, this is another year is like actually letting myself grieve and grief, not as a feeling, but as a process, understanding that it's okay to be sad, to be angry. Um, God can handle it. You're not going to scare God away with your grieving process. And the reason why I talk about that, because no one wants to talk about grief. It's like, oh, super sad. Like I would just like to like disacknowledge it. But honestly, that's what we do so many times is we try to just like power through and we just try to bypass it. And we just try to like go through the motions when there is some care and there's some tenderness to our heart and to our soul that, that we have an opportunity to really, to really show ourselves that and allow the Lord into that grieving process. And if we just try to power through, which guilty, like just try to power through, like I'm fine. Like, Oh my God, I am a, I'm, I love Christmas. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Christmas is the best. I love it. Decorations, all this kind of stuff. But last year I wasn't able to actually like have that like high spirit. I was actually really down in the dumps last year. And it was another year. It was another year. And, and I allowed myself to grieve. I allowed myself to feel that rather than just saying, oh my gosh, it's the most wonderful time of year. Let me just like keep doing fun things. Yeah, and it's like, like, no, everything's great. <laughs> how can I actually go through the process of grieving and allow the Lord into it and say, God, I trust you, but man, this is hard. My, my friends all around me are, are hanging out and spending time and their little kids are running around. My family of origin, like they're all moving on with their own families and their own spouses. And I just feel left here. I feel alone and I'm sad about it. My heart breaks and I'm mad. And is this ever going to end? It's this moment of saying, I'm actually allowing myself to feel those emotions rather than just skipping over them. And, and I I know we're talking about uh, shaming that internal shaming, but, but allowing yourself and showing yourself care, Courtney, it's okay that you feel this way. I, I see you, Courtney. I see that there is this sadness and this difficulty that you're experiencing, but it's, it's okay, sweet girl. It's okay. Doing, doing things that show yourself kindness, going on solo dates, like being aware of what you need and showing yourself kindness and compassion. It's really hard to 
self-criticize. I always say self-love combats self-criticism. When you are operating in such love and compassion for your heart, it's really hard to come with criticism and shame. It's hard to sit in both of those at the same time. Yeah, I think what you said, Courtney, is so powerful, so important. And this time of year is is so necessary to grieve. Like I have had, I, I've said this before, I believe on the podcast, but almost there's been almost no Christmases, but until now being married that I actually had a significant other. And it was like every relationship I had would end at the end of summer, early fall. And it was like every season of Christmas. I'm like, here I am single again. Yay. <laughs> and there were just so many times of also grieving because I was getting out of relationships, but grieving to what you're saying of like, Hey, where am I at? And am I, am I okay with that? And then also grieving relationships with family and friends and different things that weren't exactly what I was hoping. So I feel like this time of year has often been for me finding that balance of how do I do things for myself and also find space to grieve and find like who I am in these seasons. And sometimes that's meant not going home for Christmas. Sometimes that's meant not going to every Christmas party. We just did an episode on like how to date during the holidays. That is if you are actually feeling you really want to do that right now. If you are like, "Mm, I'm like not maybe in that space, then to be tender with yourself and do what you need to do to take care of your heart and wrestle with God in this season. And don't feel like you have to, like Courtney was saying, like pretend like, oh, yay, holidays, Christmas. I love it. Cause I'm yeah. so like you. I'm like the Christmas yeah. elf. I'm like, yay, everything. Yeah. Um, I want to say something really quickly yes. to time in there. So, one thing that has changed how I like view my grieving process with the Lord is especially this time of year, like we are talking about Christ coming to earth, Christ coming as a human. And when I say God can handle your emotions, it's because Jesus has felt those emotions. I don't know where I got this phrase from, but um, someone told me once that Jesus didn't came to come to earth to show us how to be God. He came to earth to show us that he's also understands what it's like to be human. And so your humanity, your feelings, your emotions, like Jesus can take them. He came to earth, yes, like to save humanity and all that kind of stuff, but he also came, humbled himself. He knows what it's like to be in your shoes. He knows what it is like to grieve, to cry, to to hold joy and grief at the same time. He knows what it's like to hold on to hope, right? He grieved Lazarus's death knowing that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. Like, you know, like he knows what it is like to to hold all of these different emotions because he he is, he came as a human. And that is what we're talking about in this holiday season. And what we're celebrating is Christ's birth. Yes, to save the world, but thank you, Jesus, for, for coming down and for dwelling amongst us, not just in us, but amongst us for being and sharing this human experience with us. He knows what it's like. He can hold it. He can carry it. And you're not. You're not going to force him or push him away with your emotions of highs and lows because he knows it. Yeah. And, you know, as you're saying that, it's like when we think about 
Jesus here, like we, he's arguably, he was arguably one of the most rejected people and mm-hmm. probably one of the most lonely in, in ways. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. can you imagine he didn't even start his ministry till, and he was in his thirties. Can you imagine for 30 years, 29 years, like knowing your calling and knowing who you are, but like nobody understands you and you're a- actually, you come from a place that's where people don't value you and consider kind of dirty and you're more of an outcast even from that alone and you're born to a virgin and all of that just makes your name feel like people are like oh I don't know there's something's really wrong here and he was like so misunderstood so rejected obviously we see that in the bible with his years of ministry but you know had to probably deal with being alone in many ways like only having the lord Because it's very, I can only imagine being the son of God and being like, yeah, there's literally nobody on the planet that can relate to me. Like nobody, because (laughs) there's only one of me and like, I, there's nobody there. And so like to that point, yeah, he gets you, he sees you like, and he wants to be invited into that more than anything. And I think... Yeah, with this season being an actual season outside of all the rom-coms and fun, like fuzzy things, the actual reason for the season is his birth and a celebration of his coming. And so just love that we're ending it there. Courtney, thank you so much for your heart, your vulnerability, for your heart for singles. And um, I just really enjoyed this conversation. I wish I had this conversation like six years ago, seven years ago. Um, with when I was in the mix of my holiday blues and holiday feels can't wait also for December 4th and 5th for your event. And if you guys are still listening in, first of all, shout out, love the people that listen all the way to the end. Um, you can use the code HODPOD, H-O-D-POD 50, HODPOD 50. If you want to get 50% off and we'll have all the links here, both on the screen on YouTube, if you're watching or in the show notes, et cetera, and on my Instagram and all the places, probably you can find it. Um, But I just love you so much, Courtney, and so thankful for the work that you do, my girl. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. I love you, too. I'm so grateful for your friendship. And yeah, this conversation, I also wish I had it a long time ago. (laughs) A long time ago. Same. Oh, I love you, girlfriend. Talk to you later. Bye. Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate and JJ Tomlin. Shout out to our epic audio and video editor, Scott Caro. We have an amazing Heart of Dating team who helps bring the show to you each week. I want to shout out Kelsey Napier, our Heart of Dating digital marketing coordinator, and Elena Gibson, our brand and community manager. We couldn't do it without them. Now, if you guys have never ranked us or reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, would you consider doing that? It would mean so much because our podcast can get more discovered and more people can learn how to better date as Christians. Don't we all want that? We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we will see you next week.